Awesome to see you today. Welcome to Christ Community Church. Uh, if I haven't met you yet, my name's Daryl Holden. I'm one of the pastors here, and it's really good to be with you. Thanks, Joel. Um, if you are newer, and whether you're here in person or for those of you who are online, um, we'd love to meet you. And one of the ways for those of you who are in the room, um, you can do that is there's a QR code on the seat back in front of you, and you can shoot that with your phone, and it will take you to our Connect card, and you can fill that out. Um, we'll be in touch with you over that, and if you're online, you could, um, you could hit the connect button or just connect with the online host, and we could meet you that way. Really, for us, we just wanna get to know you a little bit, help connect you with some people, answer any questions, any way we could pray for you, serve you. Um, love to do that, so thanks. Um, I'm really excited for this series. So this is our, our third annual What If He Does series. So this is a series about the promises of God, and my experience, like the way I tend to live and my experience with Christian people is uh, we hear a promise that God makes and they usually kind of push us out of our comfort zone, his promises do, and our natural tendency is to ask the question, well, but, but what if he doesn't come through for me? And I think there's, there's a better way to look at those promises, a way that leads into life and that is to hear the promise that God makes to us and then begin to explore, well, what if he does? What could my life look like if, if I actually took God at his word and began to live like he's gonna come through on the promises that he makes? And so I, this is, I love this series. Um, I love what we're gonna do over these next several weeks. And so this is a great joy for me and I hope this is it's gonna be a huge blessing to you. So we're gonna start this series talking about prayer. And uh, you know, for us as a church, prayer is a first thing. We are seeking to have a culture of prayer around here. And uh, this is an area I know amongst Christian people. If you've been in church very long, you have probably been beat up by a sermon on prayer at some point. This is, this is not that. Um, this, is, this is about like, let's just talk about where we are and what forward looks like for us. And so, you know, don't, don't walk into what we're gonna talk about together here with any fear that somehow, you know, I'm gonna take you to the woodshed and let things like happen out there. Um, we're just gonna, like we're gonna enjoy a conversation about particularly today about what Jesus said about prayer in the Sermon on the Mount. He, he teaches about prayer in two different sections on the Sermon on the Mount. So what I wanna do is I wanna walk you through those sections. I wanna talk with you about, about who God is and what prayer is like and what it could be like for you. And maybe even answer some of the questions that you might have as it relates to prayer, because all of us have questions. We've experienced some things that we're not really sure what to do with, and, and then wrap it up with a few questions for you uh, for discussion or for reflection as you go from this place. So Matthew chapter, well, let me give you our definition of prayer, starting with that. When we talk about prayer around here, we're talking about talking with my heavenly Father. That's just as simple as we can make it. And um, we are, prayer is a conversation, it's a two-way conversation. It's not just you talking to him, there's also listening involved in prayer. And so this is, this is us being able to have a, a conversation talking with our Heavenly Father. So to that end, Jesus gives a little instruction on this. Matthew chapter six, starting in verse five, Jesus says, and when you pray, don't be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by others. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in full. But when you pray, go into your room, close the door, pray to your Father who is unseen. And your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. 
And when you pray, don't keep on babbling like pagans, for they think they'll be heard because of their many words. Don't be like them, for your father knows what you need before you ask him. So I think there's a few things in this that, you know, in the, talking about prayer and having a conversation with our heavenly father, I think there's some things that are, to me are helpful that Jesus says that just teach us a little bit about who God is, particularly in, in the subject of prayer. And so I've picked out a handful of those things for us. The first thing Jesus says about our father is that he is unseen. It's your father who is unseen. And those of us who are Christian people, like we shake our head, yes, so yes, we don't, we don't see him. And what I think is interesting about that is that, that this is a call to faith then, right? If, if, you, if prayer is talking with your heavenly father and you can't see him, then to have that conversation, whether you're speaking or listening, is an act of faith on your part. And so prayer really is, it is, it is an act of faith for you and for me that we, would, that we would stop and that we would engage with a person that we can't see. So, so the first thing, your father who is unseen, Jesus says. Now, the awesome thing about this unseen father is, is he's, not, he's not distant and you know, it's not a phone call where we can't see him and he can't see us, he actually sees us. And he sees what happens even in secret. Now, in any other context, like this might be a little, might be a little scary <laughs> to some of us. It, to know that God sees you no matter where you are, you, you can't hide from him. And so if you've got stuff going on in your life where you are trying to hide from, like he sees you, he sees you. But that is not the context that Jesus is talking about this. Jesus is talking about this in the framework of prayer and what he's pointing out in these moments is that your heavenly father is actually catching you doing something right. That's, that's what this your father who, who sees what's going on, who sees what happens in secret, he sees you walk into a private place, have quiet moment to engage with him and he is very willing to engage with you. He's catching you doing something right. And so this is, this is a moment that, is, that, that God celebrates. When you engage in prayer, when you enter into conversation with him, even though you can't see him, this is a moment that he celebrates. This, our father, not only is he looking to see what happens in secret, he catches us doing right things, he also rewards his children. In Hebrews chapter 11, Jesus says, your father who sees what happens in secret, he'll reward you. And the writer of Hebrews, a little book a little later in the Bible, written a little after Jesus teaches on this, the writer of Hebrews, kind of the baseline of faith is that um, we, we believe that God exists and that he rewards those who seek him. And so this father of ours that we are talking with, it is one of his great joys to reward his children. So what, what does he reward us with then? I was just thinking about that again in the context of prayer. I think if we could just kind of boil it down, what he rewards us with is engagement. Engagement. So if you, if you are approaching him in prayer, he's not too busy for you. 
not reading the paper, he's not watching the ball game, he's not working, you know? Like he's, come on, those of us who are dads in the room, I don't know what your dad was like, but I know what I can be like as a dad. I can listen with half, like, you know? But it's not really listening. It's not full engagement. My kids deserve more and better from me when they engage with me on that. And what our father does is he, like we get his full attention. And this is, this is kind of a mind-blowing thing about, about God and about his capacity that he could fully engage with you and he can fully engage with me and he can fully engage with, like, he can fully engage with each one of us on an individual level at, at any time for any amount of time. We don't exhaust him. We don't wear him out. What you're talking to him about on one hand and somebody else is talking to him about over here, you, you're not gonna run him out of whatever it is you need from him so that somebody who needs it worse than you do isn't gonna get any, like he has, he has the ability to fully engage with you and, and he rewards you with his presence, with his attention and with his desire to, to answer your prayers. And so he rewards his children. I also love this, Jesus says he doesn't need convincing. You don't have to talk him into stuff. Jesus says that about, you know, you don't have to be like the pagans who, who go on and on thinking that, that somehow by their many words they're gonna persuade. And the pagans weren't worshipers of the Lord God. They were worshipers of small g gods. And, and they thought that the, if, if I just say this over and over, if I just keep talking about this, if I make a big enough sacrifice, if I just that I can talk this God into doing for me what I need this God to do for me. And that's, Jesus says, you're, he's not like that. <laughs> he's, he's your heavenly father and you don't have to talk him into stuff. You know, the fact that you, like, you enter into a quiet moment to engage with him, he rewards you with his attention, his full attention and engagement, and you don't have to convince him, he's actually paying attention to you. He's, he is attentive to us. And again, Jesus kind of, he, he points this stuff out. He says that your father actually knows what you need before you ask him. So he's, like, he's already fully, he's paying attention to you before you step into those quiet moments. He knows what's up in your life. He knows what's on your heart. He knows what's going on in the circumstances around you. He's paying attention, he knows what you need before you ever ask him for any of this stuff. And this is great. His answer towards you, like his posture towards you is already yes. Because you're not trying to talk him into anything. You don't have to talk him into anything. He knows what you need. And so you and I get to approach this God because he is for us, so he's for us, he's approachable, we can engage with him, he's inattentive towards us, and, and he is already leaning towards yes as we interact with him. And I'm, just, I'm amazed by that. And, and so I don't know what your view of God is. If you thought about it very much in recent times, who formed your view of, of your heavenly father? But this is, this is who Jesus holds out as our heavenly father this is the one that we're talking about talking with. We're gonna, when we pray, this is who we're praying to. We're praying to a God who is 
We can't see him, but he definitely sees us and he knows what's happening, he's paying attention and he's a big yes, wants to reward us in our lives. So Jesus teaches this little section in the Sermon on the Mount and then, so it's, it was one long conversation that he had there with a group of people and so he leaves his teaching on prayer and he moves on to a few other things and then in the next chapter, chapter seven, he comes back to this teaching on prayer but remember the last thing that we read from Jesus, he says that um, your father knows what you need before you ask him. So then he comes back to the subject of prayer and listen to the first thing, chapter seven, verse seven. So ask <laughs> and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find, knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, the one who seeks finds and to the one who knocks the door will be opened and so the question that I have and all that is why is it like this? Why is it like this? If he already knows what I need before I ask him, then why do I have to ask? So here's the best answer I can give to you on this. It's the difference between dogs and cats. I know, so let me explain myself. So with a dog, like, care for your dog, you feed your dog, and you pay attention to that dog, and the dog looks at you and says, he cares for me, he feeds me, he pays attention to me, he must be my God. Your cat, <laughs> you feed your cat, you pay attention to your cat, provide for your cat, and your cat says, he feeds me, he provides for me, he pays attention to me, I must be his God, <laughs> right? We're way more like cats. I think that's why, I, think, I really do, I think that's why I think that's why we have to ask. Because otherwise, if, if, if God is watching us and watching over us and knows what we need before we ever approach him and ask him, and he's just taking care of us, our natural bent, like this is, this is our natural bent, our conclusion would be we're his God. Right, that's our natural bent anyway, is that I'm in charge of me. And, and so we, we are placed in this posture of, of asking someone who already knows what we need in order to receive from him what he wants to give to us. So something that's interesting, at least to me in these verses, as Jesus is talking about this, he says, ask, seek, find. All right, so those three I was an English major. For those of you who weren't, um, those are verbs, <laughs> which they're action words. I'm scraping some of this off for you. They're in the present tense. And if we were just gonna add some more verbiage to this, really what Jesus is saying is he's saying, hey, ask and keep on asking. Seek, keep on seeking. Like in the present tense, knock, keep on knocking. Like you stay in front of God about the things that you need. And then those responses of God, it will be given to you. Like that's future. That's, that's future. It, you will find, the door will be open to you. So you have a, a present tense action and a future response to that. And, and I think at least, at least there is waiting implied in that. 
right? That this, it's not all present tense so that as soon as you ask for something, God begins to answer you on that. There's, there's waiting, there's, there's a gap in time implied in between your request and God's giving, your seeking and God allowing you to find, your knocking and God opening the door to you. There's, there's this gap that we would just call, we could call it waiting. And this is a big deal in prayer because it's that gap that discourages a lot of people in their prayer life. It's that gap that causes us to scratch our head and wonder about this God that Jesus has described and revealed to us. It's that gap between here's, here's what I need and receiving that, that causes us to lose heart, it causes us to lose faith, it causes us to, it causes us to wonder about this prayer thing at all, it causes people to give up in this regard. And so, so I wanna talk with you for a minute about some good things that God is doing in that gap, in that waiting, what he's doing, what he's doing for you in that. Because it, he's not wasting your time He's not busy doing something else. He's not just standing off. It's, this is an important season in your life. If you're a person who is praying and asking something of God, seeking, knocking, and the things that come in the future aren't coming yet. So, so there's a handful of things that God does in this waiting season if you'll wait in front of him. Right, this isn't if you get discouraged and walk away. This isn't if you get mad and give up. This is, this, if you will stay in front of him, if you'll be a person who asks and keeps on asking, who seeks and, and keeps on seeking, and who knocks and keeps on knocking, in that gap, what God's doing for you, first of all, is in that God is growing your faith. He is, he's growing your faith. And if, if you're a first timer in prayer and waiting, that may sound crazy to you. How is he growing my faith? Well, I can't like, put it into words, but I can tell you personally, and there are a lot of people who are participating in this worship service, and there are 2,000 years of Christian people who will say to you, yeah, in that waiting, when you stay in front of him, when you stay in front of him, he, he, is, he is growing your faith. There's something about the act of faith that prayer is and continuing to exercise that faith when you are waiting, God does stuff for you in that, he increases your faith in that moment. And so in that little season of waiting, if, if you're asking and not receiving yet, God's, he's growing you, you may, you may not, you may not be able to see what it looks like and all you may feel are pains, growing pains, but your emphasis on pain for you and the waiting, but he is, he is growing you in that. He's also deepening our dependence on him. Our greatest, it was the first sin, Adam and Eve, to be independent of God. They really did, they just looked at God and said, no thanks. We got it, we wanna eat from that tree, we'll take it from here. And they insisted on their independence from him. And, 
and you and I were not created to live that way. And so this waiting season for us can, can be a season where God actually grows our dependence on him, not independent of him, but independence on him, where, where we're before him asking for some stuff that we need, and the longer we wait, the more we become aware of, I don't have what it takes for this in my life. I really need this God to come through for me. And so he builds our dependence on him, he deepens it for us. He also, he builds our desire for him. If you read through the Psalms, over and over again, so many of the Psalms talk about, you know, Lord, where are you? I'm waiting for you. The psalmist will say things like, I'm waiting for the Lord. Or he'll say, I'm past tense, I waited for the Lord and he showed up. But in what he's doing in those moments, in that waiting, one of the things that he accomplishes for us is he builds our desire for him. Because often we start with our desire for an answer. Right, so you start with a desire, many people have talked about, you're seeking God's hand, not his face. And so you want what he can give you more than you want to be with him, and, and because he's for you, and because he loves you, and because he wants to be in relationship with you, in that waiting season, one of the things that he'll do is he'll, he'll, draw, you, he'll draw you into him, so that he's not just the one who gives you what you're asking for, but he is your father in heaven, and so he builds this desire for you. He also uses this season to form Christ in us, to, to shape us into who he wants us to be in these waiting seasons. We all have mixed motives, how we approach things. We all have areas where we need to grow in our lives, and these, these waiting seasons, when you stay before the Lord, when you'll ask and keep asking, seek, seek and keep seeking, He'll, he'll talk to you about other areas of your life where he, he wants to see some change in you. I had a remarkable conversation with a lady several years ago about this, and I remember almost none of the details about it other than she was asking the Lord for something that she desperately needed, and it was definitely the kind of thing that God wants to do for his people. And, and the conversation was kind of around these verses. You just gotta stay in front of him. Just stay in front of him with your request and, and see what he says. And she came back to me a number of months later. I'd forgotten. I had, I'd forgotten the conversation with her and she came back to me a number of months later and she says, the Lord has spoke to me. He told me I'm drinking too much. It wasn't about that at all. But he was using that waiting season where she stayed in front of him, listening to him to begin to, to shape and to form Christ in her in some other ways that Maybe she wouldn't have been open to hearing other than like, he put her right in front and said, like, stay here, ask and keep asking and we're gonna do some work in this. And, and so he does, he uses that waiting season to form Christ in us. And then the other thing I think he does is he uses these waiting seasons to shape our requests. To shape our requests. The scriptures are pretty clear that we, when we ask according to God's will, that's, that's an important thing for God's answering. He's not gonna give you something that is outside of his will for you because it'd be bad for you. So, so we have to learn how to ask according to God's will. Well, I don't know how you feel when you hear that, but to me it feels like there's, like I'm playing hide and seek now. 
Because even on my best days, I can't, I can barely tell you exactly what God's will is for me or for something else, right? And so, so drop me into a situation where I'm seeking the Lord and asking him to show up for me. I don't know what his will is, I, I need him. And I need him to step in and he'll use that silence and that interaction, that season of staying before him and listening to, to shape my request so that my heart begins to resonate with his heart and over time, and those of you who have participated in this, you're shaking your head with me at this moment, that you, you start here and you stay before the Lord with this and you watch yourself as you stay before the Lord and you end up over here and he shows up. And, and it's not about, like he's hiding something that you have to figure out how to find. It's that he's shaping not just you, but he's shaping your ability to hear and follow the leading of his spirit as you pray. And so this waiting season, there are important things that happen in those waiting seasons. And if you're in one, hang in there. <laughs> don't give up. Don't, don't walk away. Don't get mad. Don't get, don't get frustrated. Find a Christian friend and tell them what you're experiencing and ask them to join you in praying for this thing. Ask them to, to keep asking you about this, to cheer you on in where you are. If you're in one of these waiting seasons, important things are happening for you right now, and you may not be able to see it, but important things, God is doing important and good things for you as you, as you wait for him to show up and answer what you're asking him for. And so we have this, we have this beautiful waiting time. And so I was thinking about this for our time together this weekend. It kind of reminded me, I remember when my dad taught me to swim. And he, like, I was on the edge of the pool and he was standing just a little bit over here. And as I started swimming to him, he started, anybody else's dad do that to him? I, I remember thinking I was gonna drown, but I didn't drown. He didn't let me drown, I learned how to swim. And, and that's sort of what happens in this waiting season that you're not gonna drown, God hasn't dropped you, he hasn't lost track of you, you can't see him, but he can totally see you. And his posture towards you is yes, stay in front of him and, and stay there until you know he's heard you and given to you what you need from him. Jesus goes on to talk about this heavenly father we have in these verses. He says, so which of you, if your son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a snake? That's part of why God, like, well, you have to wait because sometimes we're asking for a snake and he wants to give us fish and we're asking for stone, we don't know this, but we're asking spiritually for a stone and he wants to give us bread and he's not gonna give us what's bad for us and we, like, no more than we would as parents of our children. If you then, though you are evil, not like your bad parent, but in relationship to God, if you know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? How much more? A human, father, a, a human father who does good for his children, how much more will your heavenly father do for those who ask him? So what does that look like? Right, what, is, what does it look like if, if the how much more piece? What does our father's heart 
look like when we are praying, asking, seeking, knocking? What does this look like? So I, I kind of walk through Matthew's gospel a little bit because Jesus reveals God the Father to us. So if you wanna know what the Father is like, you look at Jesus. If you wanna know the Father's heart, you look at Jesus' heart. And so there, I wanna share with you three things that, four things that Jesus said or did in response, really in response to prayer in Matthew's gospel. So the Sermon on the Mount is in Matthew chapter five, six, and seven. So Matthew chapter eight starts with like, immediately Jesus came down off the mountain. And these two guys who were blind start yelling for him and, excuse me, a man with leprosy, sorry, a man with leprosy comes and kneels before him and says, Lord, if you're willing, you can make me clean. Bad skin disease, I need to be healed. If you're willing, you can make me clean. So Jesus reached out his hand and touched the man. I'm willing, he said, be clean. I am willing. That is your father's heart towards you. He's willing. He's not unwilling, waiting for you to persuade him by being good enough or, well, able to argue well enough. He's, he's willing to, he's willing to reach out and touch you and give you what he asked for. A little farther down, Jesus enters the city Capernaum and a centurion, this is a Roman, this is a Roman soldier who was occupying Jerusalem and that, that area of Israel. These are the guys that in just a little while are gonna crucify Jesus. So a centurion comes to Jesus asking for help. Lord, he says, my servant lies at home paralyzed, suffering terribly. He hasn't asked for anything. He stated the situation and Jesus' response is, shall I come and heal him? Do you get the idea that he's like, do you want me to come? I'll come over, do you want me to come over and heal him? And they have this amazing conversation, the centurion's like, no, you don't have to come, you can just say these things. But shall I come and heal him? He's, Jesus isn't standing back saying, hey, figure it out, man, you didn't ask right. Do you, okay, I hear what you're saying, man. Do you, want me to come, do you want me to come step into this situation on your behalf? Next page in Matthew chapter nine. There, these are the two blind men are following Jesus and they're calling out, have mercy on us, son of David. And just in calling him son of David, they get who he is. That's a, that's a title that would be applied to the Messiah. So, there's faith in that, and they're yelling at Jesus, have mercy on us. And he went inside, and they followed him in, and then he just asked them this question, do you believe that I'm able to do this? Do you believe that I'm able to do this? There is an undeniable connection in the scriptures between faith and answered prayer. Now, keep in mind that just the fact that you would pray to an unseen God is an act of faith, all right? So keep that in mind. Because any, any buildup you may have from, from your own self or from someone else that somehow you have to be a spiritual giant and you have to have faith that, that is just beyond what you could imagine anybody ever had, that's not true. Jesus says the tiniest bit of faith, like faith the size of a mustard seed, moves mountains. So the fact that you would, the fact that you would speak to an unseen God 
asking, seeking, knocking, that is an act of faith. And, and the question that these two guys, have, they flagged Jesus down from the road and followed him into the house because they needed something from him. And his question to them is, do you believe that I can do this? And they're like, yeah, we believe this because we've been chasing you, yelling it at you, right? So asking, seeking, knocking, that is, that is faith. And, and God will nurture that faith in waiting seasons. But when you're asking him, he's, he's looking at you with a smile on his face because you're already talking to him about it. Do you believe that I can do this? It's, that's his heart towards you. And then this, this last one for our time together this weekend, it's towards the back of Matthew's gospel. It's in Matthew chapter 20. It's a couple of, two more blind men it's outside of a city called Jericho. And these two guys, they heard that Jesus was going by. And so they started shouting, Lord, Son of David, there's that title again, they, they, who he is, have mercy on us. And so the crowd tells him, y'all be quiet, like Jesus is a really important guy and he's going somewhere. And they shouted all the louder, Lord, Son of David, have mercy on us. And so Jesus stopped and called them. Here's what he asks. What do you want me to do for you? What do you want me to do for you? That's an amazing question. What do you want me to do for you? Because they, they'd been yelling have mercy on us, have mercy on us, have mercy on us. And he walks right up to him and says, okay, what do you want me to do? And Lord, we wanna see. Lord, we wanna see. And, and in this, and I think this is an incredibly important piece for us to grab on prayer in this asking, seeking, knocking. You don't have to pray just the safe little blanket prayers of Lord, bless us, Lord, have mercy on us. What do you want me to do for you? You can, you can tell him what you want him to do for you. He cares about that. And, and he's promised that when you ask and when you seek and when you knock, he is willing, he is anxious, he is able to do what it is you want him to do for you. And so you have full permission you have full permission to walk into those quiet moments and those quiet places and pray to your father who you cannot see and, and ask and tell him what you want him to do for you. And if he needs to shape that, he'll shape it. He'll get you where you need to go on all that. You can't mess it up, but he cares about what you want from him. And so, so asking him what what you want him to do for you. That's his question to you. What do you want me to do for you? And he's listening to that. So let me take you back to this promise. And this is just kind of what we're holding on to together in prayer. From the lips of Jesus, everyone who asks receives. The one who seeks finds. And the one who knocks, the door will be open. How much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him. All right, so I wanna pray for you, and then I have some questions for reflection for us that I'll share with you real quick before we go. You bow your head, close your eyes with me. So Father, this is, this is encouraging stuff, this is amazing stuff, that, 
that you pay such close attention to us and you wanna engage with us right where we are. And we can trust you to move us where we need to be, but just right where we are. So I pray that you would use these promises to stir faith in our hearts, to call us to prayer, that we would be people who talk with you, that we would say to you what's on our heart, that we would hear from you what's on your heart, and that that we would approach this prayer thing, what if he does? Not, not the discouragement and the, the not trying too much or too hard of if he doesn't, but coming to you, believing with all we've got that, that you do what you say you'll do. And Jesus, all this comes to us through you, so we pray these things in your name, amen. All right, handful of questions here for you. If you wanna take a picture of this, it's great to do that, a screenshot with it, it'd be just fine for conversations, whether it's just you to reflect on, family, small group, however you wanna do this. First one's dogs or cats, all right? What do you prefer, right? Don't fight about it. Like, unity, we see through this, Jesus is more important, but this is, you know, dogs or cats is the first one. So, and just curious, so when it comes to prayer, where are you at this point in your journey, where it is? And it's, it's cool to be where you are, because it's about forward, and so maybe you're unconvinced, maybe you're just getting started in these things, maybe you'd say, hey, I'm growing, maybe you'd say I'm mature, maybe you'd hang a different word on it, but just for, again, for a discussion, or for your own reflection, where am I on this? Where do I see myself in these things? Have you experienced a season of waiting in prayer? So if, if you're a person who's prayed very often, the answer to that's probably yes. Have you experienced a season of waiting in prayer? What was it like, and what did you learn? And then the last question is just, what if he does? I mean, what could your life look like if, if God really gives to those who ask? If your father, how much more your father gives to those who ask him? So I hope this is a great conversation for you guys. Thank you for being with us this weekend. I love you guys. God bless you. See you next weekend.